What you are hearing now is what's known as sensory music. The soothing sounds are very effective in helping people with ADD, ASD and autism. Autism is an invisible developmental condition that affects roughly 1 in 65 people. People on the autism spectrum have a different way of thinking, a different way of communicating and a different way of experiencing the environment that surrounds them. These experiences can often be quite triggering or stressful. In Sligo, big strides are being made to make Sligo Town a more autism-friendly town. In conjunction with the nation's main autism organisation, As I Am, which is led by Adam Harris, Sligo is on its way to becoming accredited as one of the nation's autism-friendly towns. Yeah, so our autism-friendly town campaign is about removing barriers to participation for autistic people in the community. When your listeners are thinking about accessibility barriers, they might be thinking about things like wheelchair ramps and lifts, but there's invisible barriers in how we communicate and how we provide information in how we organise our environment within a town or within a community that poses barriers for autistic people. What this initiative is about is bringing autistic people in a community together with the wider businesses, the public services, the community groups to create a more inclusive town. We're so delighted that Sligo has come on board in the initiative and will have an opportunity over the next 12 months to be recognised as an autism friendly town. That's a town where autistic people are able to participate in all of the activities through small changes such as having people trained within the town to understand and communicate with our community and um, making the environment a bit more predictable and also making some changes to the sensory environment like quiet times and quiet spaces. So we're really excited to be working with a town like Sligo. There's lots of good work happening in this area already uh, whether that's some of the work in hotels in the town, whether it's pieces like the activities that the university is undertaking in the town. So we see this as another opportunity to remove barriers and give autistic people a voice within Sligo. It really kind of highlights the potential that Sligo has to be a very autistic friendly town. Absolutely and it's important to say this isn't just about autistic people because actually of course at the moment we know autistic people are often excluded and we need to change that but by including autistic people it's actually about making calmer, clearer, more predictable environments, clubs, businesses for everybody to enjoy and also the reality is when autistic people are excluded we're excluding a group of people who think differently, who have huge strengths and that's a huge loss to the community as a whole. And obviously with the more autistic friendly towns you get around the country, it feeds into a much bigger thing as well. Well, our vision is to bring about an Ireland where every autistic person is accepted as they are equal, valued and respected. You know, Ireland is a small country with strong communities. And I really believe if we come together that we can become the most autism friendly country in the world. But what does an autism friendly town look like? Pippa Black, who is autistic herself and is a member of the autism friendly Sligo committee, explains exactly what that entails had our public meeting last October so that was the first chance to get a, even a sense of what the town is interested in doing and there's lots happening, the library's got things happening, the Hawkeswell's got things happening, um, the Radisson where we met came along to tell us what they're doing so it was it was really encouraging, it's a good start and so since then we've had our AGM, we've elected our committee and we're getting ready to get some serious work done. There seems to be really good support it feels like when you talk to people that, you know, they, they all know someone who's autistic or a family that's dealing with kids having meltdowns in public or things not quite working for them. So there's a lot of sympathy, I think, you know, a lot of empathy even. And I'm, would I be right in saying you saw this idea implemented in Castlebar in Mayo first and you thought it would be a good idea to get something like this started up in Sligo? Yeah, that's right. It was during during lockdown and I had an email to say that they were doing um, their launch. So I went along to see if they were doing it the right way. And of course, then I found out about As I Am and their autistic-led. Um, Adam's really brilliant. 
So I heard him talk. I thought, yep, he's on the right page. Now if Castle Bar can do it, I'm sure we can do it. And because I'm involved with the PPN, I took it to the Secretariat and said, hey, <laughs> what do you think? And yeah, they again, the buy-in, it wasn't a hard sell. It doesn't seem to be a hard sell, and I hope that continues. And as an autistic person yourself, how did you find Sligo in terms of facilities for autistic people? <laughs> we were talking about the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And my answer for that sort of thing is, well, you just don't go. <laughs> so, and what I, so, but what I didn't know, because I just don't go, is that Sligo had a section sectioned off at least last year. I don't know for how many years, because it wasn't going. Um, where they were sensory friendly, so an area where the noise stopped and people who couldn't cope with the noise had a place to be. So I think that's brilliant. Um, so yeah, by excluding myself, there might be things I didn't even know were a possibility. And by promoting that opportunities exist that are accommodating, maybe we'll see more autistic people and families with autistic children out and about. That hit me right quite hard at the public meeting where parents with autistic children, it became very clear that they don't seem to have a forum for swapping ideas um, and resources and networking in general. I was surprised. So it's one of the things that on our three-year plan brainstorm, um, I know because I put it there, <laughs> to, to make sure that we investigate whether that sort of a forum is needed. And in making Sligo a more autistic-friendly town, what exactly will that consist of? What we're doing is recruiting what they call autism champions. And so those are businesses and organisations who say, okay, right, firstly, we'll agree to undergo the training. And then the amount of training depends on the size of the organisation. So a bigger organisation will have to put more people through and have more people on hand who are trained. Um, it will also involve looking at their environment and seeing if we can make sensory accommodations. The nice thing is members of the public have reached out and asked for the kind of sensory accommodations they want to see. Someone said, look, those hand dryers and the toilets, they're terrible, they cause meltdowns all the time, can we not do something about that? Um, so being able to respond to those kind of questions and be able to have that information to tell businesses, well, you know, this might not work. When everything's up and running, what, ex what does the end goal look like? It's especially essential for families with children. It will mean that they'll be able to go out. Hopefully, it will mean that there'll be a better public understanding so that when that child is having a meltdown, there'll be less of the tut-tut, what terrible parenting and a little bit more of, okay, I, I know what that's about. But very few people know what it is and how it affects people. And, and that's kind of fair enough because it affects everybody slightly differently. So it's like... It's a collection of traits that people are trying to understand. So it's not surprising. Can you just give me a description of what a sensory story is? I don't know if it was possibly even through As I Am that I saw my first sensory story. And it, I think it was a hotel, the example. And it said, you know, this is our reception desk. So, and so there's a photograph of the front of the building, a photograph of the reception. And the receptionist, this is our receptionist. Her name is, this is where you would be waiting. And I thought I could just sort of feel the anxiety level drop as I as I went through the steps. I yeah, it, I know it would help me. So that that's how it works. It's like a visual guide of what to expect. I know for myself that I am one of these people that maybe doesn't try things because I don't know what to expect, and that's really stressful. So the sensory story is is the gateway into trying something new.
what other kind of features I suppose will or differences or changes would have to be made then? One of the really simple changes that businesses can have is to put together um, what we call a sensory box. So if you think about your five senses, it essentially has something for, that, for all of those. Um, something tactile, because that can be quite calming. Something, um, maybe earplugs, if a place might be really noisy. Maybe sunglasses, if lights might be really bright. That sort of thing. And you can put it all together into a little toolkit that you can make available if, if you could see that somebody was struggling or having a need. And of course, if families know it's there, they know to ask for it. A number of businesses and organisations around Sligo are lending their support to the campaign. One of those is the Radisson Blue Hotel in Ross's Point. Paula Scallon, Head of Marketing and Development in the Radisson Blue Hotel, says the hotel has already undergone some changes to accommodate guests with autism. We launched our sensory bedroom in 2019, in September 2019. So we're the only hotel currently in Ireland that has a dedicated sensory bedroom. And it's been so well received um, um, since since we launched it in September 2019. And um, and I'm glad to say on the back of that, um, the group that I knew a collection actually also launched a further four century bedrooms throughout the collection um, last year. So we have five in total now across the group. What, what does a century bedroom consist of? So within the bedroom, we have to obviously appeal to the five senses, which is smell, sight, touch, sound, and movement. Um, so we have smells. We have a smell coming out, um, a box that um, an aromatherapy smell that you can the families can switch on and off when they want. Um, the sight, in terms, we have the room that's um, nicely colourful. We have within the boxes moving lights and. Um, and within the multi-sensory box. And then within the box as well, it's quite a large box, and there's different panels that they can touch um, within the box. And also we have um, soft toys and fabrics um, on the bed and um, provided within the, the bedroom as well. And then there's a sound, so there's calming music that can be played, and um, and then the movement side is where they can just walk and move around the hotel or move around the bedroom as well. Within our hotel, we came up with the idea of creating a trail around the hotel that will um, go together with the sensory bedroom. So we are in, in the next few weeks starting work on that. So we'll be developing a trail around the whole front of the hotel, which is currently not being used by our guests in the way that we'd like to. So it will be a trail that will be open to our guests, to the local community, to every, everyone that would like to use it, um, including all of our lovely neighbours around the hotel. And um, then within this trail, which is about 400 metres squared, we're going to have elements inbuilt into the trail that will be sensory orientated. So there'll be a sensory path. We will also install a herb garden. And um, we'll have wind and um, chimes. For the sound, uh, we'll have a little water feature. So that's a really exciting project, and that's something that we'll be starting in the next two to three weeks. And, and we're aiming to have that launched by end of June. And we are aiming to be at the first sensory accredited hotel within um, the Northwest. There is one hotel down in Cork, but we're working very closely with As I Am. They audited our hotel back in December. And um, we're aiming to have that sensory accreditation 
um, hopefully by the end of April. So we will be the first century accredited hotel um, within this region. Great to hear of something like that getting off the ground in Sligo. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, we're, we're all excited about it. So even to get, to get a century accredited, we'll need to develop a century map so that families will know what to expect before they arrive. Um, just highlighting the high-density noise areas. We'll be doing a, a, a PDF so that we can email them out to know what to expect when they do arrive. So it's just really enhancing and making everything as stress-free as possible before they arrive and then when obviously they do arrive that they'll really, really enjoy their stay with us. Is something like this difficult to implement within the hotel? Um, not when you have the right people behind it and the passion behind it. No, it isn't. When you have everyone really rooting for these causes and they're fully supportive, then it's really, really easy. And I've got an amazing team within the hotel and our general manager as well, Seamus Preston, is 100% behind this. So no, it isn't difficult. You just need the passion really for it to happen. This obviously will go a very, very long way into making Sligo a more autism-friendly town. Full stop. Yeah, I do feel it's just joining up the dots. Everyone seems to be doing their little piece within Sligo. And like I know the county council and the various different bodies have been re- working really, really hard. Um, so I think once we join up all the dots, we will be, um, we'll be at the forefront of this. So it's, it's such an amazing um, accolade. It's, it's, I'm really, really excited about it. Sports clubs are also getting involved. Tucked away behind the trees in Cleavera is Sligo Lawn Bowls Club and club president Graham Cawley says that everyone is welcome there, regardless of ability. We have nearly 80 members, touching on 80 members, and as I said, this disability bowls are inclusive bowls. We're the only inclusive club in Ireland at present. I'll tell you how we started. We had an open day last year, last, I think it was last June, early last June, through uh, help from, from the, the local sports and recreation um, who've been a huge help to us over the years. So we had an open day for, for new members on a Friday and then on a Saturday we had a special inclusive session. We nearly, I think, over 50 or 60 people turn up. We kind of, this, this is huge. Didn't realise um, the scope out there for this. So Shane Hayes, who is a disability officer in, in Sligo and again works in sports and recreation, Shane came over afterwards. He says, look, this, this, is go- this is flying. This is huge. Like You need to take this off. So we met with Shane the following week and from there... We decided to do an inclusive bowls club on a Monday morning from 11 o'clock to half 12, 1 o'clock, weather depending. Uh, it was a trial for maybe four or five weeks with, we'd say, small numbers because we've only small, we've only four co- four guard of coaches who have now expanded. But um, it actually ran from then up until nearly Halloween. I think it was nearly 18 or 19 weeks. We, we, we actually... It was still going running over the Christmas, only for the cold weather and stuff like that. So we kind of went, you know, let, let's knock it on the head until uh, March. And again, in two weeks' time, we're kicking off again with bigger numbers again. We have a, a member there called Maureen. Maureen was the very first president. She's now the PRO and doing a fabulous job. Maureen had a niece who had um, disabilities. And Maureen asked a couple of years ago, can we have disability bowls or what, how do we go about disability bowls? So lawn bowls is a game for anybody. There's nobody out there who can't play lawn bowls. And if somebody tells me, oh, this person can't do it because of this, we adapt our game to suit those people. So there's people up there with disabilities. There's people who was, who was deaf. There was wheelchair users. Um, we have a couple of members who on the autism spectrum. We have people with Down syndrome. 
all these people are playing long balls. And when you say like you've members of all kind of ages, abilities, etc., what did what exactly does the inclusive bowls consist of for people that maybe do have disabilities or maybe have autism, for example? So we have special adaptive bowls. A normal long bowl is a heavy bowl. With some somebody with, with disability or somebody in a wheelchair mightn't be able to, to lift that. We have adaptive bowls that are soft, work in the same way as a normal bowl. They're smaller bowls. They're more colourful. Um, we also have different targets. We have um, skittles. There is mats, different mats we can play on. Um, so, as I said, it's it's adapted to anybody. There's nobody out there who can play. We have, as I said, a couple of wheelchair users up there as well, and there's ramps down onto the green. And because our green is synthetic, they don't need any special equipment to come down. If you were playing on grass in different clubs around the country, you would actually need a different mat to come down on the grass, obviously, in case you damage the green. But because, again, ours is synthetic, literally... The ramp down and off you go. So Sligo uh, Lawn Bowls Club is certainly one of the more inclusive clubs you could probably say in the country. As far as I know, I'm, as far as I'm aware, we're the only inclusive club at present, active club. And in terms of Sligo becoming a more autism-friendly town, Graham, it seems like Sligo Lawn Bowls Club would just slot seamlessly into that as well. Yeah, we were having a couple of meetings and they just they seen what we were doing. They invited us along and we said, absolutely, whatever help we can do, we're here to help. And because, again, we have inclusivity bowls and we include everybody I think that's what they were aiming at so look if Sligo Bowls can do it then surely anybody else out there can do it as a club everybody's equal I mean absolutely every, it doesn't matter who you are what you are where you come from we, we, we have members coming from Donegal we have members coming from Strokestown um, again members are coming from Boyle uh, it's a case of nobody's turned away everybody's welcome at Sligo and once you come in that gate or you come you, you, you fight don't get me wrong, we're, we're kind of hidden away behind the trees. Sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad, depending on the weather. As I said, I, I'm, I'm proud to be president of, of the most inclusive bowls club in Ireland at present. And hopefully going forward we'll see it rolled out in different clubs. But it, it's certainly a, a huge asset to the town in terms of making Sligo Town a more disability friendly and a more autism friendly place as well. If it's a case you want to trial at Sligo Bowls, gates are open, you're more than welcome in and see what we can do. With the overwhelming support that has been shown to the Autism Friendly Town campaign, there's absolutely no doubt that Sligo will become a more accommodating town, not just for people with disabilities, but for everyone.